Ever quit a job? Ever redefined yourself within one? Ever started something in one big or failed? Quit is a call-in show helping people sort out their lives, reevaluate their options, kick their crummy corporate stooge jobs to the curb, and start something awesome. I'm Dan Benjamin. It's time to quit. This is a live show. You can tune in live yourself by going to 5x5.tv slash live. When would you do that? We do that Friday, usually at 2 p.m. Eastern time, and sometimes later. And today is one of those days that's a little bit later. When you're listening live, you can call in if you're listening live right now. 512-518-5714 is the number to dial again. 512-518-5714. I've been promising Hattie Cook that we would be doing... Email. Yeah, an email focus show. That doesn't mean we won't take calls. I might take a few. Doesn't mean you're not even going to be mad. No, I'm mad. I'm mad about something specific. You're a silent. You're you're in silent mad mode right now. I'm not that silent. But there is a uh, there is something specific that's making me angry, Hattie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right now, I think you know what it is. All the emails you've gotten. No. <laughs> It's not even work-related, but I think you're aware of it. Because when I get upset, you know, I, I, I can't hide it too well. No, no. You wouldn't say I'm somebody who hides his emotions. You wear your emotions on your sleeve. I wouldn't say that either, and I don't know why <laughs> you're doing a Catherine Hepburn impersonation. Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> it's weird. It's already weird. It's me. already weird. <laughs> so I got, uh, I was watching the film again, which is something I talked to Merlin about quite a bit, The Aviator the movie I'm talking about. And this is a movie with, uh, I call him Leo, Leonardo uh, DiCaprio. And he plays Howard Hughes. And so there's a scene in the movie. For some reason, this is an adult movie, but my son has seen this many times. He's going to be six in a couple months. And he enjoys, you know, mimicking things that he sees on TV from time to time. So he has, this is going to be a premiere. First, I'll play the sound. People don't care about this, but I don't care. <laughs> It's your show. It is my show. And uh, so there's a scene in the movie where Howard's starting to lose it. And he's talking about drinking milk. I'm going to play the clip of the milk. Then I'll play the, what my kid does on a regular basis on his own without any prompting. So here's the original clip from the movie. It's a great movie, by the way, The Aviator, if you haven't seen it. Hattie, can you put that in the show notes for I me? I can. I can definitely Find it on Amazon and put it into the show notes, please. I shall. <clears throat> That milk is bad. I shouldn't pick up the bottle of milk with my right hand. And I shouldn't take the top off with my left hand. Put it in my pocket. My left pocket. So he's gone into an OCD loop. Where he's, he wants to drink it, he can't drink it, it's bad, it's spoiled, he shouldn't drink it, he's gonna drink it anyway, but he's saying he shouldn't do this, it's, you know... So this is my kid who's seen this movie and now walks around and does this. Here's the... Okay, well, that's just his cough. It's on a different... I, the soundboard has gone nuts. All I have... It's been taken over. Here's the whole thing. I shouldn't pick up the milk with my, with my right hand and take the top off with my left hand and put it in my pocket. Left pocket. He just does this. <laughs> It's so great. And which is, you know, today, 
You know, what's the name of that song, Blurred Lines? Who does that song? Uh, Robin Thicke. So apparently they play this at his camp. Blurred Lines? Yeah. Like, I don't know how the, it is. How? That they, but I think there's a version of this song. Like the, chill, like the child's <clears throat> version? There's like, a, you know. <clears throat> <laughs> I think there's like a, you know, it's not explicit. <clears throat> well, I would hope not. And... Of course, I don't have that version. So when he asked for the song, I just play the regular version. <laughs> and, you know, there's that one line, you the hottest in this place. Oh, yes. So he says that the regular line this morning. Oh, <laughs> oops. <laughs> yeah. And he's picking up on it. He doesn't know what it means. But he knows that it, they cut knows, it out of other things. Yeah. And so he noticed it in my line and in, in the version I was playing. And now he's repeating that. Anyway, this isn't what people tune in for. They want to hear me getting angry at callers, which is fine. I'm already, ang- I'm already angry. You know what? Remember how back in the early days of the show, I was very, very angry. You were so angry. And now you know why I was angry because I've told you what my secret was. Yes. I'm a, like, it's like we method acting. We can't reveal acting. it though. It's, no. That's, it's, this, it's like you know what it how is. football players get pumped up right? Or like how, how De Niro – you know, would would get angry for one of his. It's like yep. method acting. I, it I is. would. It's method acting. I would think about something specific that would bug the hell out of me, and then I I think walk around. I think about that for about five minutes before the show, and then I come and do. There's the show. like the five minutes before the show that you you wouldn't talk talk to Dan. Right. You would just be like, well. He's- and now, now, Hattie, you know exactly exactly what that was. I know. It was, it was I, a good. It was a good. Was thing I to get justified mad about, to be know? angry? Yes or no? Totally. Totally justified. And I think, you know, this is actually a topic because I think getting yourself psyched up to do something. Oh, that is a good topic. See, you didn't know where I was going with it. I had no idea. Getting yourself psyched up to do something. It's interesting because I was reading an article the other day on, uh, what's the name of that site? Quartz? Is that the name of the site? I think that's what it's called. This digital news outlet that's come out. I don't know where this thing comes from. All of a sudden it's David QZ.com is the name of it. And there, there, this article was talking about how people who are athletes, people who have trained for something, people who have a certain skill that even they, when they go to do something that involves them doing this thing under a certain kind of pressure, even if it's something that's easy. For example, I think the analogy that they use or the example that they give rather is of somebody who's playing golf. And they're going to make an, what would normally be an easy shot. But when that shot really counts, mm-hmm. they screw it up. And why do they screw it up? Because they're concentrating too hard. They're concentrating too hard. And it, for whatever reason, it's, they screw it up. And they're studying this. They're studying why is that, that when you have to do something, even if you've trained for it, even if you've been doing it all of your life, even if it's you like, have skills in it, that at that last moment when you're going to actually be doing something, that that thing that you'll, you potentially could screw that whole thing up. 
And it doesn't, it doesn't make sense because that's the time. Why would it matter if it's a very important shot or right. a not important shot? If you made that shot a hundred times, you should be it able to make matter. it 101 times. They also, they train uh, snipers that way too, where it's like you have to have a very consistent shot, mm-hmm. whether you're, um, you know, whether something personal is going on in your life or mm-hmm. something is going on at work or something is, you know, something that you're excited about, or if you're thinking about something else, they train them in all these different kind of emotional scenarios and they still have to make the exact same shot mm-hmm. in order to move on or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't really get it, but I've definitely experienced that. I mean, when you think about it, everybody has to have experienced this thing. Some people talk about it as being like, do you fold under pressure? And there's some people who are very good at that. Who can re- they respond very very well to pressure. They don't they don't plan well, they don't rehearse. But when they're under the gun, they, they come through. And there's other people who do fold. There's, you know, there's other people who can't take it. I used to be one of the types who, who couldn't take it very well. I often found that it, when there was a lot of responsibility, that I would kind of try and, you know... Shirk, is that a word? Shirk the responsibility. Yes, that is a word. I would try to pass it off to other people or get other people to, to help out. Like I couldn't take it. And then I, I've talked about this a lot. The only way I'll just through type of thing where, okay, you know what? I need to get through this and I'm the only person that can do it. And when you finally realize that for me, it was when nobody else was around to help. And my usual tactic of passing it off to somebody else when I couldn't handle the pressure failed and I had to do it. And I realized, guess what? I can do it. So it was a good realization. A lot of people use different techniques to get through stuff. Some people will get angry. Some people will get excited. Some people use fear as a motivator. Great line in, um, gotcha, chat room, you're going to have to um, help me out with this one. Red Dawn, thank you. Or the main guy, the football player guy, Kurt Russell, I think is playing him, right? And uh, one of his guys is, uh, the guys on his uh in his little squadron, if you will. I don't want to give away the whole movie. He starts crying. He says, don't cry. Turn it into something else, you know, turn it into anger. Oh, yeah. I've quoted that before. It's funny because, you know, you, you think uh, anger is just this negative emotion. And I mean, generally it is. As A.F. Waller says, you know, the secret is Dan is always angry. Well, I'm not always angry. That's a quote from the Avengers. I don't think of myself as a Hulk, but thanks. And by the way, my two-year-old uh, daughter this morning asked me to kill the Hulk. What? Why? I have, well, I have a Hulk. She's, she's become scared of the Hulk. At first she liked the Hulk. Now she's scared of the Hulk and Bigfoot. Oh. And I have a Hulk mug. And she looked up at the mug and she says, see Hulk? So I showed her the Hulk mug and she looked away from it and she said, daddy, kill Hulk. What? Aw. You know, but what's your motivation when you want to accomplish something? I mean, obviously, anger seems like a bad motivation. It seems like it's coming from a negative place. But sometimes if you need courage to do something, a lot of people write in and they're like, I really want to quit my job, but I'm I'm too scared. And it's not that they're, you know, maybe they have money in the bank. Maybe they're making a 
they're ready to make that decision to go and quit something, start something. Starting something is starting a new business, but they're afraid to make the jump. How do you conquer that kind of fear? You know, do you conquer it by, by staying afraid? You'll never make the change. Do you, are you afraid to go ask it? You know, people live in fear. Hattie, we've talked about this. Living in fear? Living in fear, just being scared in general. Yep. How do you conquer a fear? Merlin and I on Back to Work have talked a lot about fear. It's something that held me back for a long, long time. Fear even of success. That doesn't make sense. Why would you be afraid of success? Why would you be afraid of something going well? A lot of people are scared of that. Why do you think so? Why do you think people are afraid of success? Chat room, why do you think people are afraid of success too? Me? Yeah, you and the uh, chat room, everybody. I think, I think because then they'll have something that can be taken away from them. Once they have success, once they have something that they're proud of, then they'll, they're scared that they'll be more afraid because then it can be taken away or then it can go away. And then what will they be after that? Mm. I think that's what people are scared of. That's interesting. I never thought of that. I mean, I, I think I remember a long, long time ago, you know, now if you want, if you want a uh, hosting, what are you looking for? Pen. I don't have one. A long time ago, if you wanted to host your website, you would, you, you, there were thousands and thousands of web hosts. It wasn't clear where you would go. I mean, now you'd go to Squarespace, wouldn't you? You know, maybe, maybe if you were going to, you were to do it yourself or you wanted to use a different kind of software, maybe you go to, you know, HostGator and set up your own dedicated server. Who knows? Yeah, they're my sponsors. But back then it's like there were thousands of hosts and you never knew who any of these things were. It could be a machine in some guy's apartment. Well, that's actually one of the businesses that I was starting. <laughs> I had a whole bunch of servers and I had them in my, uh, my house. And I had an ISDN line, which, by the way, was so much faster than what everybody had on dial-up that you could have a small little uh, hosting company on ISDN line. That was doable. An ISDN line was enough to serve websites for the world. <laughs> so I had an ISDN line, I was gonna, and I was doing this. And you know what? I started thinking, oh, my God. I'm going to have to like support these people. And what if something goes wrong? What if the backup fails and all that, you know, and I, and I, I stopped doing it because the idea of support was too much. Of course I could have just hired somebody. Why not? Of course I could have just hired someone. But it, like, I didn't think of that. I did. That was too big. That was too scary. Thinking of hiring as a part-time support person, that was like too much. Now, if I had done this business back then and done it right, I could have competed in my local area and maybe even a bigger area and eventually gotten acquired the way that every single one of these tiny little companies did eventually get acquired. It might have not been for that much money, but the bigger players moved into town and they would just go and take over the smaller ones. It was like no big deal. Like, hey, here's a check for a couple hundred thousand bucks. Anyone had a couple hundred thousand bucks. I would have been able to do the next thing quick, quicker and more easily. For me, it was 
fear of success because of the additional responsibilities, which is what AF Waller is saying in the chat room. Success leads to responsibilities. I was scared of more responsibilities. What I didn't understand back then was that you can delegate those things. That, yeah, you take those things on, but you're always accountable to other people. You're not going to escape accountability. There's almost nothing that you can do. Think of, try and think of a job where you're not going to be accountable to at least one, if not 10, 20 other people. You think starting your own business, oh, I'm going to be a freelancer, it's going to be great. You're going to be more accountable to more people than you've ever been. And you're going to have to do your own taxes and your own payroll if you have people and your own payroll for yourself. You're going to have to run bank accounts. You're going to have to do accounting. You're going to be way more accountable than you've ever been. People think like freelancing, like, I'll just show up somewhere. I'll work in a coffee shop, I'll co-work. Work at the client site tomorrow. I'll be in my, you know, shorts and a t-shirt. You're, going to, you're about to take on more work than you've ever had. You're about to make your life a billion times more complicated in a best case scenario. But see, people are afraid to delegate things. People are terrified. And, you know, I've, I've delegated things to people who turned out not to be the right fit for the right role. doesn't mean they weren't great. It just means they weren't the right fit. That's not a big deal, right? No. Everybody, you know, I, everybody has their own try it out. job. And you want to put someone in a role that they flourish in instead of trying to fit them in a box of, I want you to do this and I want you to do it well, you know? Chris DePew in the chat room says, we all want control. DePew. DePew. <laughs> you know, but that's the thing. Is having control. I know lots of people who think that they want control. When they have it, they're afraid to let go. They're afraid to release that control. And that's what stops them from having more success. That's what stops them from expanding their business, their role, whatever it is. That is the thing that winds up holding them back. Really? Get this over here. I think that's yours. And so what, you, what happens is you're sitting there saying, ah, no, they're not going to do this the way I want to do it. They're not going to do this as good as me. I can't let them do that. You know, I'll give them this unimportant thing to do. And you know what? That unimportant thing, they'll do it and they'll do it right. And then you're going to want to give them something else to do. And you'll be afraid to give them that other thing to do. And you wind up in a situation where you, you, you're never able to expand, you're never able to grow, and you don't trust people. And the people that you're unwilling to give responsibilities to uh, you know what? They're going to get frustrated because of that. They're not going to be able to grow and flourish in their roles either. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to give somebody some huge responsibility on day one to start out doing all kinds of things and then overwhelm them and then they get scared and then they run away. You know, being able to give somebody responsibility starting out and trust starting out and then find out how they work and find out what they're able to do. That's, that's, that's the only way to do it. So I'm always astounded when people hire somebody for some important role that they haven't worked with them much yet. And they give them this huge, huge set of responsibilities 
because then you're like, you're giving someone else control of this thing that you've built. And I know people time and time again, uh, who, you know, they're making these mistakes by giving away too much responsibility or, or the inverse mistake where you don't give away enough. I know somebody in particular in very much in particular who is trying to grow their business and they say that they're ready to hand off this responsibility. They say they're ready, but they're not ready. You know what? You're shaking your head. Yeah. They're not ready. Not ready. But they need you to make it happen. Well, him too. <laughs> they're not ready to make it happen. They're not going to do it. I have seen people who have businesses that could grow time and time again, could grow, but they're not willing to share. Too selfish. They want to own everything. Oh, I know exactly. I know all about that. So that's a different kind of fear of success. It's fear of sharing. It's, it's being unwilling not to release control, but to share anything at all. Because they don't see what could be gained from working with somebody else. They don't see that there's a possibility that bringing somebody else in and giving a little tiny bit of control away would actually benefit them greatly. Because guess what? The first time that you hire somebody who's good and you realize that like they want to do a good job and it's not just because they want that paycheck if you hired right, that they want to be part of something bigger, that they want to be part of something that's really cool. They want to be part of this thing that you've involved them in and they're going to show up and they're going to work hard and they're going to do more than just what you ask them to do on a daily basis. And it's fascinating to watch that because what you're actually doing is you're giving somebody an opportunity and a platform to do something greater than they could do by themselves. And you're going to benefit from that. Your business is going to benefit from that. Your company is going to benefit from that. If you're hiring right, these people will bring something to the table that you don't have. And if you think you can do it all by yourself and you think you have it all, you are sorely mistaken. Because you don't. You really don't. That's the news. News called, you know, news flash for you. News flash. Is that you, you, you suck way more than you think you do. You're nowhere near as talented at everything. Now, you may be really, really good at one thing, maybe if you're special, a couple things. And you're going to be mediocre or you're going to suck at most of the rest. Like, like I really suck at accounting stuff. It's, all, it's not even, don't agree with me that much. I'm not, not agreeing with you. But I really do suck at all of that stuff. I just, is nothing great there. Now, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a good developer, software developer. But there's people who are much, much, much better than me. Hence my tweet this morning saying, if you're a, an Austin-based Rails developer looking for freelance work, contact me. Because I'm ready to really start handing all this stuff off. I can't be doing it anymore. There are a few things that I'm, I'm good at, and I've come to realize that I'm good at them from doing them over the years and finding that I was successful and finding I could make a living doing them. I've, you know, I'm, and, and those happen to be the things that I like. I'm very lucky. Everything else I need somebody's help with. Everything else. You sit there at the top of your ivory tower thinking you're really good at all this stuff, and you're not. 
And that's the first thing that you're going to learn when you start doing freelance work is, man, look at, look at all these things that I have to do now that I didn't know I wasn't good at. But you know what you'll also realize is when you realize the things that you're, you're not good at, you'll also realize what you really are good at at the same time. And that allows you to focus, right? Mm-hmm. And then I think it makes Hire it people clearer to do the things you. you're not good at. Exactly. Great advice from my friend Matt Howie, founder of Metafilter. We're walking down uh, South Congress. And I was talking to him about hiring. And he says, you know, the thing that's worked best for me in hiring is, you know, because I was saying, what, where do I start first? Do I hire someone to do X or do I hire someone to do Y? And he said, think of the thing that you like doing least and find someone who likes to do that. Because if you don't like doing accounting, you're going to think that everybody hates accounting. But they don't. There's people who really love it. There's people whose dream it would be to come and do your accounting. And they're, they're really going to like it. As hard as this is to believe, they're going to like doing it. I'm not sure there's a whole lot of fry cooks out there who love their job. But if you're talking about professional stuff where you get to be in air conditioning and wear a collar, there's a lot of people who like all aspects of that stuff. The stuff you can't imagine doing. There's people who would love to come and do that for you. So let's do an email. Let's read an email because this one is interesting. Well, there's a whole bunch of interesting emails in here. And this person says that they grant permission. Hey, Dan. I am a university administrator in Pennsylvania. Recently, I left a small university where I was quite happy because the place was having some issues. For example, five years with no raises, a couple of rounds of layoffs. He left this for a larger university with better pay. The problem is that I'm miserable here. The people are really impersonal. It isn't unusual for me to go an entire day without having a conversation with anyone. And when I do, I'm often met with rudeness or apathy. Also, the job, while for more money, is very, very unchallenging. They could be paying someone half of what I do to get someone who will do this well. I like university administration quite a bit, but what I really love is... Want to take a guess, Addy? What did he really love? Talking. Tea. I would love to open my own tea shop. I have a great location in mind, but don't really know anything about retail or hospitality. And as much as I love well-prepared tea, I'm only just starting to learn what that involves. I don't know how to get this experience without leaving my job and taking a huge pay cut. My wife thinks I should just stick it out in my current job for a few years and get a job at a smaller, more rapport-driven university once I have enough experience to move up career-wise, I'm not sure what to do here. Anyway, I love 5x5, Five Five and Quit is my favorite show on the network. Keep up the good work. Bruce, in quotes, Bruce. The restaurant business sucks. Yep. But what he, what he seems like he's proposing is... A tea shop. Is more of a tea shop than it's a... still a restaurant rest- business. You got to have a shop that requires people to come in and buy something that you're preparing. That's considered what a What if restaurant. he just wants to sell boxed tea? Uh, he wants to prepare it. He wants to prepare it. Yeah, he wants to prepare it. But that could be anything from a little trailer, food trailer from now. It's a touch you know? rack. Well, no. I mean, yeah, he could do that here. You just need hot water. I would totally buy That's gourmet kind of tea from a little I would love that. food truck. Or like a little, like a little shack, a little shanty shack. 
Oh, like a little yeah, like a like tiki a, hut? Yeah. That would be cute. I would buy that. Not going to do it on this I show. I know. I want to, but I'm not going to. Well, I mean, your wife has a point, Bruce, in that you have no experience in retail. You have no experience selling stuff. Um, see, this is why, Hattie, why I need these reads printed out, because now I have to go into 1Password. I have to sign into my Google account. You told me you just wanted the link. I know. <laughs> I still like it printed. Uh, here's the problem is he's going to walk away from something that's his security. He does, you know, here's things I don't know. Is he supporting his whole family? Does his wife right. make 200 grand a year as CEO of some tech company? Who knows? Why does she not want you to do that, Bruce? Your wife thinks you should stick it out in your current job for a few years and get a job at a smaller little university once you have experience to move up. I mean, that's not a bad idea. You can't open up a tea shop in your spare time. That's something you can't do a little bit of. But you know what you could do, as weird as this sounds? I don't know how much time you have after work in a university administration job. I don't know if you have kids. I don't know if you spend all weekend mowing the lawn. Go work at a local coffee shop or tea shop. I've done enough retail work and restaurant work to know that that's not for me. But if you've never done it, go work in a restaurant. I remember one of my friends, he was the assistant general, assistant manager, or assistant front desk manager, something like that, at the Hyatt Regency Grand Cypress in Orlando, which is one of the most beautiful hotels in the world. Not as far as the way it necessarily looks in the rooms, but the grounds, it has this amazing golf course, the views. It's a big, big, big time property and it's located in Orlando near the parks and it's high end. This is for people who don't like to stay in the Disney hotels because they're too down market for them, but they want to go to Disney. So they stay at a nice hotel like this. I'm not saying it compares to the Fairmont in San Francisco or something. It's, you know, it's not that ornate. But it's a very high quality, very nice hotel. You're going to have a great experience there. And customer service at these Hyatts is bar none. You want, you know, you're like, oh, I want a kosher hot dog on a skewer at 3 a.m. with a marshmallow, you know, on top of it. Like they'll make that happen. And in order for him to work up, even though he had a a bachelor's degree in hospitality management. Do you know what his first job was? What? Mopping floors. And they had to mop the floors and work with the cleaning people for a few weeks. And then his next job was, you know, being a bellman for a few weeks. And, and they made sure that he did every single job in that hotel for months and months and months and months so that he had literally done every job in the hotel long enough to get a really good feel for what that job was before he was even allowed to stand behind a desk and talk to people. And there were a lot of people that never made it through that process. They would quit. They just didn't like it. They couldn't cut it. They thought, well, I have a degree. I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be cleaning. And those floors had to shine like the lights of that Chrysler building. And, uh, and he would do that. Bruce needs to go and actually do these jobs 
before he opens his own business. And if the idea of going to work for somebody else as a barrister, if that's off-putting to him, then he's not cut out to do this business. If going working as a server or washing plates in a restaurant or being an assistant manager in a restaurant or something, do that in your spare time. Work a weekend job at a Starbucks. Wake up at five in the morning or four in the morning to get there at five to open the store and do that for a few months on the weekends because that's what you're going to be doing at your tea shop. Yeah, you can trust somebody to open it for you, but it's going to be you. I've known a bunch of people who own their own stores, own their own shops. You're on call 24-7. What if there's an alarm at night? False alarm. But what if there's an alarm? You got to go to the store. You got to learn about shipping. You got to learn about stocking. You got to learn about advertising and marketing your business. What happens in the summer when nobody wants hot tea? You're going to serve cold tea? Great. How do you market it? You can have coffee too. What about when the Starbucks comes in around the corner? Or a Pete's? Or one of the million other chains that have millions of dollars to spend. How will you differentiate your business? But let's just see if you like it first. Like go work in someone else's tea shop. Go work in someone else's coffee shop or restaurant. And do that in, in, on the weekends. Taking that free time away. Because if you open a store, you're not going to have any free time for years. You love tea? Drink some. But figure out if you want to be in that industry or any other industry by sampling it. Yeah, you can't open a tea shop by yourself without quitting your job. But you can go work for somebody else in a related thing and find out if you even like that. Maybe you love it. But maybe reality is you just like making and drinking tea on your own. And you'll have a lot of spare time to do that at your cushy university job. So I would say stick it out in the university job. Try working in the industry a little bit and see if you like it. And if you still like it after you've done that for a while, on top of doing your regular job, maybe. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it easy to create your own website. You want to open a tea shop? Maybe you should sell tea online. That's a neat idea. Open a Squarespace uh, site. Use the coupon code that I'm going to give you in a second to open this, this Squarespace site. Use their commerce thing, which is built in. You can sell stuff right there. It's as easy as creating a page on your website, creating a product. And they're paired, partnered up with Stripe. So you can take credit cards, whatever you want. It's all right there. The code, first of all, squarespace.com. That's all you need to know. Go there and watch the videos. If you want to be like really fancy, squarespace.com slash quit, sure. But the main thing you need to remember is Stooge 8, the number 8, Stooge number 8. That will give you 10% off anything that you do there. And if you sign up for this thing for like a year and use the code, it's going to be like eight bucks a month. You want to upgrade to the commerce, it's a little bit more, but then you're selling stuff. And it's really, really simple. See, that's what I would do if I was this dude. Why open up a place where you're going to depend on people to go when you can have an international business and start, <laughs> start selling stuff and shipping stuff anywhere you want? Because all of this stuff is built into Squarespace and it's amazing. You can connect your accounts. You know what? You can take pictures and you can upload them into these really amazing galleries. Hattie, you were telling me your mom is doing this now. Yep, she's made her own photography business. Yep. And it couldn't be easier to make these galleries. 
or maybe you just have a, a business where you have a product or service that you want to tell people about. You're not interested in selling anything, but you don't want to write a CMS. You don't want to write a blog. You don't want to install anything. You just want a simple site that's straightforward that you know is never going to go down. And you want someone to be able to update that content who's not technical, or maybe you're not technical and you want to drag and drop stuff. That's all you got to do. Hattie, you were telling me that the reason your mom went with Squarespace, obviously it's a sponsor. She likes that, but she Mm -hmm. went to, she went to a site that she liked and she she saw saw what they were doing, right? Mm -hmm. How did this go? And it said, and it said, you know, made on, made on Squarespace or whatever at the bottom. And she went and got that template and everything and started immediately putting stuff in and started the, the free trial and. She's having, she's having fun with it. She found a site that she liked and saw, oh, it's a Squarespace site, signed up for Squarespace, picked the template and made a site and then customized it, made it her own thing. This is how this works. You don't have to be advanced to do this. So squarespace.com, stooge8 is a code to use to get 10% off everything you do over there. Great people. Thanks very much to Squarespace for supporting 5x5 and quit. A couple of callers I should probably take. Eight five eight, you're on the air. Hey Dan, um, so I have a kind of a weird situation. I was never scared to start my own business, but since I did, I'm getting people that are coming out of friends that are coming out of the woodwork that all of a sudden want to partner up with me, and I'm afraid it's going to start damaging some. Uh, personal relationships when I, I just don't think that they put in the time and effort to, uh, partner up or even work with me. So I want to know how I can handle that delicately without destroying friendships by basically saying like, you've been lazy for too long and I'm not interested. Like, how do I say that nicely? All right. So what's your, what's your fake name or your real name? Josh. Josh. All right. What kind of business is this? Do you mind sharing it? No, I don't mind. Um, so what I'm doing, I'm still in school, but I can't get this professional experience that I'm going to need once I graduate. So I started my own little web design development business where I just put together WordPress sites for people that just need something. And so that's going to be my professional experience. But as soon as I did that, as soon as I got my business name and cards and websites and everything, all of a sudden I have um, a couple of buddies that um, they want to get get in on some of that. And it's kind of frustrating because uh, this is my baby and uh, all of a sudden they want to be part of it. So you, you started a know. business doing, you know, setting up websites and designing WordPress stuff and, and getting things going for people. People come to you and you do this mm-hmm. and you're, you're doing this full time. Yeah. No, it's it's part time because I'm still in school, so I'm part time. Um, I don't have any ambitions of creating the next Amazon or anything like that. But um, I want whatever, everything I want. I want to do it myself, and it's kind of contrary to what you were just saying about 20 minutes ago. Well, I mean, and, yes, uh, yes, and no. Like I mean, kind of came, go ahead. I, I was just saying, like you were coming from the point of view, like as if everyone that you would delegate to was super confident and competent. And I, I'm not having that right now. I'm not getting that feeling from at least this guy. I mean, I asked him what he, if he'd ever built a website before and he said, no, stop talking, stop talking to him. First of all, uh, 
when you start your own business and you're doing something at some point, like my, my guess is the way that your business goes is you approach somebody or they approach you and they say, I want a site and you say, fine, it's going to cost 500 bucks. And they say, fine. And they, you invoice them, they pay and you do the work or you do a little bit of the work and they pay a little bit of money, something like that. Well, right now, if you're doing, so if you're doing one site at a time or two sites at a time and you're taking your classes, it's no big deal. But at some point you're going to have to do 10 sites at a time or 20 sites at a time in order to grow this business. If that's what you want. I mean, maybe this is just a part-time thing for you right now. It's making you some money. You're getting some experience and when you're done, you're going to shut it down. No big deal. But if you want to start growing this thing and, and all of a sudden you're going to be like, Oh crap, did that company ever pay me? Uh, wait a minute. Did any of these companies pay me? Because like, I feel like I should have more money in my bank account because I did 10 sites last month and I, that should be five grand, but I've only got 3,400 in there and I haven't spent any. I must not invoice these people. Then you're going to realize that maybe you need to delegate to an accountant. Well, at some point, if you're, if you were to turn this into a real business that you're starting to really want to grow, right? Then you're going to need to mm -hmm. consider hiring people to do the work that you don't want to do anymore. But if, if you really but have something. Two years. Well, yeah, it, maybe, maybe it's in a year, maybe it's in five years. I mean, but it, the fact is, there's going to start to become pain points for you. Maybe you get so successful at this that you've got 20 incoming requests a day and you can't field them anymore. Well, maybe that means you need to increase what you're charging for one thing, but two, that you may need a person to help do that. Or what if you design these sites and you implement them and then there's a security problem with WordPress and you need to go and upgrade all of those sites. Well, maybe then you need somebody to go and basically be a sysadmin for you. And maybe you realize, you know what? I should be hosting these things too. Well, now you need the sysadmin to go and start hosting the servers for you and setting things up. That's how you want to grow. And you want to outsource those things. You don't want to continuously keep taking the responsibility onto yourself over and over. These people who now, here's what they see. How old are you, Josh? 35. 35. And you're still in school? Oh, I went to school. I started school. Okay. Late, so you, obviously. So you, you, you had a life and then you went back to school and now you're maybe putting yourself through school. Yeah, I, yeah I'm putting myself through school. I was in the military for a long time. And speaking of quitting, I hated that job. So I left and then pursued something that I'm truly passionate about. Well, good for you. <laughs> good for you. Going back to school is a great thing and it, it probably will help you out a lot. And so will your military experience, to be honest. I think those two things together are a really good combination. And I think people in business really respect yeah. both of those things. Uh, and, and you've got an entrepreneurial so. spirit in that you're doing something that's making you some cash and, uh, and starting a business at the same time. Good for you. Mm -hmm. these, these people that are asking you for stuff, what they see is they see that you're here. Here's a guy who's on a path to success. He's gone out. Now he's going, he's going back to school. He's putting himself through school. He's got a business. They want a part of that. And they figure that because your friends maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe you owe them or maybe it'd be cool to just say, well, you, you say, you know what? You'd be completely honest and you don't have to pull any punches. You can say it in a nice way. You say, you know what? Right now I don't really need that help, but thank you. And I'll definitely consider, you know, what you said. And, and I'd love to work with you in some capacity in the future. I don't know what that might be, but right now I don't need help. I don't need that kind of help. Well, yeah, you do. Look how bad, look how hard you're working. Right. But these are things that I need to do to build this business right now. 
the kind of things that I need help with. Business and my technical expertise too. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to hire somebody you have to manage. Yeah. You don't want to hire Josh. You don't want to hire somebody that you have to train. That is the wrong move. Exactly. That is the wrong move. You want to hire somebody who knows more than you about WordPress, not less. You want to hire somebody who knows more than you about design, not less. And this should be the goal of hiring it. Now, there are definitely opportunities when you have the business at the right size to hire an apprentice. But time and time again, you know what I see? I see people who have a one-person, two-person business, and then they hire somebody super inexperienced, and they think they're going to train them. They're never going to train them. They're never going to train them. That would double my workload. Yeah. Now you have to train somebody and you have to hope that they like it and hope that they're good at it. And I see this time and time again, hiring somebody who's, oh, he's going to be my apprentice. He's going to be great. She's going to come in and learn this other thing. And guess what? It's just like get someone that knows how to do the job and you can rely on them. And they're going to do it better than what you do. You hire somebody who's better than you. Yeah. You can still run the business. They still work for you. And pay him well. So the next person that you hire is somebody, and you can tell this to your friend, and have him call me or her. Basically, you can, you can call them up and you can say, listen, I'm not going to be able to hire you because I need somebody who knows more than me. When I'm ready to hire someone, it will be somebody who is even more of an expert at this than me. Because my goal is to transition that. Well, I could learn it. Oh, great. Tell your friend, you know what? You want to be that person when I'm ready? Start installing and configuring and customizing WordPress every single day for the next two or three years. And that's when I'll be ready to hire someone and then you'll be ready to work. Your friend okay, won't like this, but you can't let you can't let your friends try and muscle in on your thing until unless they have to. Now, if you know, and don't let them guilt you into it. No either. way. I, yeah, because I'm very close to that. My wife says, you're going to do it. You're just going to do it. But it's like I'm the one that studies all the time and. Why you would know, you do it? Why, why do you feel like it would? Did this guy save? Did this guy save your I life feel like over I need there? To be a nice guy. I feel like I need to be a nice guy and help people out. But it's this is where business. Like when people say "don't mix business and pleasure," I kind of thought of the cliche. But now I'm starting to feel the pain and the you know like tough decisions need to be made. <clears throat> well, and right I was now. just thinking, you know, what if something goes terribly wrong and he's he's really not the guy for the, you know, you hire him and he's really not the guy for the job, then how awkward is it going to be if you're going to have to fire him? You like, know he's not don't the right even guy make for the, job. the yeah. Don't even open that door because it's just going to get harder and worse the farther you go down that rabbit hole. Totally. <laughs> I mean, that would be a huge okay. error. Huge error. Did this guy save your life over there? <laughs> I'm serious. No, did, did he? No. So, the, no, so you don't not. know, you don't know if, if somebody saves your life, maybe you're indebted to them in some way. I feel like maybe, maybe, maybe not. You know what? You should, you, everybody should get lucky enough to save someone else's life. I wouldn't feel, <laughs> you know, if, if I saw Hattie walking out, staring at her, <laughs> staring at her phone, typical, like she always does, My walks right, starts walking you right, you know, you, she's, you go, hmm. she's favoriting Instagram after Instagram, after Instagram, after Instagram <laughs> and not paying attention and starts walking out in, in the road. Jaywalking as usual. Jaywalking. And I see a car coming. Of course I'm going to knock her out of the way and, and save her life. I w- you know, would I feel like she owed me? Of course. But I wouldn't hold her to it. You know, of course she'd owe me forever and never be able to repay that. 
but I wouldn't save your life, but I wouldn't make a big thing out of it. <laughs> I wouldn't ask her for a job if I needed one. I went, well, you remember that time I did save your life that time. Yeah. That's just like, that's ugh. just being a nice guy saving someone's life. So I don't feel like you owe this guy anything. And if he has a hard time with it, then he's, you know, then he's got to understand like, look, I'm not at the point where I'm and hiring make it anybody. about the business. Be like, this is, this is my decision. This is, you know, this has absolutely nothing to do with, nothing us, as friends. To do with us as friends. Nothing. Exactly. I, you know, maybe sometime down the line, there will be an opportunity where you can work with me. But right now I need to focus on blah, 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 blah. And in the meantime, <laughs> you know what? Learn WordPress so that I can maybe hire you down the right, road. Right. Like, you know what? I've always wanted and no to. No promises. Right. Nope. Don't yeah. promise anything. I wish I had that when someone can just ask me. Or I, I could just go up and ask somebody for a job with absolutely zero experience. Whatever that is, I wish I had that, but I don't. But um, I was just, you know, talking to my wife about the audacity. I don't know if audacity is the right word, but she doesn't know anything about WordPress. You know, much less a web. And you don't need anyone who knows anything about – you're not ready to hire him anyway. What if yeah. he was a WordPress expert? You no, still no. wouldn't want to hire him. So th- tell him that. Say, listen, it doesn't matter. I'm just not ready to hire anybody. Yeah. That's the perfect, you're done. perfect, perfect response. See, I'm not, I, don't, don't do it. Saying you're not ready is perfect. Josh, don't, you don't need this guy. You don't need this clown. He might be, he yeah. might be a good friend, but you yeah, know. Keep him as your friend. Say, listen, right. let's, let's just be friends. It's me, not you. <laughs> not a date. I mean, it's still a business thing. Josh, don't be dumb. Don't hire this guy. He's a clown. I love him, but he's a clown. Yeah, I want I want to work with somebody who's up late, like I'm up late, and who's up early, like I'm up early. Guess what? Thinks about this stuff all the time, like I think about. Guess this what? Stuff You're all not going to find that. You're probably not going to find that. It's rare to find that first before you know before to find that after your friends is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like yeah. you're going to find someone and then also you're friends with them instead of, Oh, I'm friends with them. And they also care about what right. I care about. Right. That's yeah. Lo and, you're, lo you're and gonna, behold, you're, you're also passionate about this stuff. Yeah. You're going to probably go through half a dozen people before you find that one person who's into it as you are without having to be, you know, without being like, yeah, I'd like to own about 51% of your business, Josh. I mean, it's going to take a long time and you will eventually find that yeah. person. And when you do, Pay them well and keep them happy and uh, and treat them great because you'll never find them again. All right. I'm going to uh, let you go, Josh. I'm not worried about you. All right. Just don't be dumb, okay? All right. All right. All right. Bye. That was a good call. Bye-bye. <laughs> that was a good call. We'll do one more because I'm supposed to be doing this interview with this uh, guy. That's a... That's 15 minutes ago, 14 minutes ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, caller, go ahead. Hey, Dan, this is Stuart. I'm from Portland, and I've got a question about college. About what? College? Yeah. Okay, what's your question? Um, What's that? Go ahead, what's your question? Oh, sorry. Uh, So, anyways, I'm sort of in a pickle. Um, For the last two years, I've been living uh, for free uh, at a house uh, right by my college. Uh, and so now in the last month, my, the people that I'm living with are moving. So, uh, I've been, 
surprised that I, I now have to get out of the house um, and find a place to live. Uh, so I'm wondering uh, which option I should be taking. Um, so so um, I've got two terms left. Um, I'm going to university sometime in the fall, as in the fall of 2014. Um, I don't have a current job, but I do have a work study um, that'll last for the next three terms. Um, so um, I'm wondering, should I scale back on my schooling, uh, do it over the course of three terms, um, and try and find a job so that I can pay for rent? Um, or should I take the opportunity to move in for free with a friend's parents um, and, and finish uh, community college as soon as possible? Hmm. All right. So your choice is either move in with parents, uh, the parents, friends, parents, friends, friends for community free. college free or take a job, take a job, but you're in community college no matter what, or are you, is one a going to university, one going to, um, I am in, I'm in community college now. I've been there for two years and I've just got two, two terms left and then I'll earn my associates. Um, and then from there, I'll transfer to any, any four-year university. And that part I'm not as worried about, but it's the immediate sort of three to six months um, that I'm worried about. So I've got, I've got a couple thousand dollars in the bank, um, and I'll be making about 500 per month at least for the next six months. What's the downside? Um, of, what's so I'm the, wondering. That's, too, that's not enough money. What's, what's, too, what's the downside of staying with these, uh, this, these friends' family? Because you don't want to be a, 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 a mooch? Yeah, so I've uh, in I guess it was junior year of high school. So I'm, I'm 20, by the way. Um, in junior year of high school, I I spent four months with them um, because there was a issue, a mold issue with my house. So that's another story. But so I've already spent time with them, so they they know I'm a I'm a cool person. But I I again don't want to be a burden. And they live um, in northeast Portland, and I go to school in southwest Portland. So it would take about an hour and a half to get to school each day. Um, did, so that's, did, that's the downside. Did they offer, or how how did yeah. this uh, come to pass that they offered this up or something? Um, so it was it was. Most I, they're they're pretty kind people, so it's out of the kindness of their hearts that that I'm I'm like oh, like shoot I have to like find a place to live now I've got a month to find out where that is going to be and then they're like oh well you can always stay with us, um, and that might always be the be the case um, but I don't know if I should start looking for a place um, and start eating into my like savings fund um, or live with them and and do the um, big. Uh, trek between school and that place. Are you okay? If you think about the possibility of trying to find, um, you know, an apartment or a house or something that many, like four or five other people are already living there, you could be, you know, the fifth roommate or something. And then think of your, your rent would be much, much cheaper because it would all be divided. So you could do something like that if you're interested in keeping your costs right. down. Um, Right. Yeah. Another, another, another interesting proposition the person that's moving out has um, uh, advised is potentially I can find. I, I don't have a large social circle at, at my at PCC. It's it's pretty in and out. You just go to classes and then you leave. Um, yeah. 
but to find but to find a bunch of people who um, would be willing to live in the house that I'm at now. So if I could find right, like four or fill, five people yeah. to live with me, um, that's also a possibility. I mean, here's so the I think here's a the thing: of, a lot of stuff floating around. Yeah, here's the thing: when when you when you start figuring out your own living and you you know you start getting roommates and the, the, you're introducing a whole lot of variables to what yeah. could otherwise be a relatively straightforward simple situation living by yourself doesn't sound like it's an option it, you won't be able to afford it having an hour long commute back and forth to people who are going to put you up out of their uh, generosity like if if they're like empty nesting and they'd really really love to have you there that that's one thing but it's a little it's a little bit of an imposition to them, obviously, if they want, if it was your own family, of course, you, you know, your own parents, your grandparents, your aunt and uncle, whatever, like family is saying they'll put you up, offering to put you up. That's really how long, nice. How long is the ter- are the two terms? If you were going to live with your um, friends' parents, how long is that? Like, it would probably be six months. Six um, months. So, because each term is about three months. Um, That's not that bad. So I just, I, uh, mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, damn, my mom would totally, uh, Megan, if she ever wanted to, you know, if she, if she lost her apartment or something like that, they would be, oh, come on out, you can stay. Like, seriously, no imposition at all. Like, I know, so I know, you know, where they're coming from in a way. I, I No, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. For me. I guess it is different with girls and boys, too. Oh, maybe, maybe not. I, I just personally... Wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't want to stay. I'm not telling you not to do it. I'm saying for me personally, I wouldn't have wanted to stay. I would have felt like it was too much of an imposition, no matter how much they said, we want you here. We want you here. Come on, stay, stay, stay. We love you. Like, I would still feel like it was too much of an imposition. But is that worth worth putting off going to university like for extending me, for that time for me personally for you personally yes i would not want to impose on somebody i would not want to feel like i hit it and you know what you'll never really know if you are imposing on them or not six months is a long damn time to have somebody who's not your own kid living with you at your own yeah. house six months a month yeah well, there's a mold true. problem in your apartment fine six months where they're like you're gonna live there for now now here's how i could make this work you work for them as well to pay yeah, your keep. Uh-huh. What do they need done? They need, here's what they need. Yeah, I'm just yard making this work, They need uh, all the yard work Driving done. to go get groceries. Right. You're going to, you're going to handle picking things up and dropping things off. You're going to handle, you know, work around the house. They need to build a new deck out back. You're going to help with that. In other words, you tell Earn them, your keep. you tell them, I would like to take you up on your offer, but, but it I, would make me feel yes, like this has to come from yes. you, Stuart. I will do that, but I feel like, and here's why, here's where I'm going with this. I knew a guy who in his early, actually mid twenties, he lived in a guest house behind uh, a woman who is a, like a, a widow, a guest, yeah, I guess a, so. a, 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 you know, she was a widow and she like needed tons of help around the place and she was hiring all these people and he needed a place to live. And I guess they were like a family friend. And he's like, like, I don't need more than what's in your guest house, you know, like, I can do it. So he like he cleaned the pool. He did the yard work. He oversaw any repairs to the house. Like he did stuff there that helped. And even though it was probably uh, less than he might have paid to live in the guest house or something, like he was he was very helpful. And it 
it was helpful to now you said something like that More like uh, a tenant right yeah and may, you know i'm not saying you need to pay them in cash but you pay them in in hard work and if you're not if, if you don't think you can do the hard work obviously you can't you can't offer to do that but that to me then i'd feel all right with it buy your own food too I think I lost him. Anyway, it's good. That's what he needs to do. Yeah, I would just, I would just really, I would weigh out the uh, the your, I would weigh your two options, and you know, think how quickly do I really, really need to get through this? Or plus, eh, it's an I'm hour in, away from a school. I though. know, but like you know, oh, I'm in no rush. Then maybe I would go and I just try worry that if he stops going to school, if he stops going to school, I would try because for me in college. It was, everyone was always looking for roommates. Yeah. Constantly. But, but you went to a regular university. It That's is true. different this is a community, community college, college because yeah. a lot of people are commuting or, then, or maybe everybody's commuting. Then what about, uh, you know, not like Craigslist or anything. That's creepy. Um, but, you know, putting it up at the, at maybe the regular university that's nearby. It's an hour away. The regular, that's the no, nearest university. No, I'm saying it's an hour away at that house. Oh, yeah. Take a long time. There's, but see, there's always young people everywhere looking for a place to live. Always, I know, you can't get for rid of a them. cheap. They're always on your lawn. Yep. Can I live here? Get off, young kids. I don't know. That's a tricky one, but I, I think, I think finding finding I think a roommate would be ideal. With. Finding a roommate would be ideal. Yes. Well, he has to find four. Four. That's, if he just to get in that more, house, just to get in the house, just to stay in that house, he wouldn't yeah, even he have to. He move. can get out of the house and move and find an apartment that he can afford. With but see five hundred bucks a month is not to, enough money, right? But then he has to cut back on school mm-hmm. and get a job, which mm-hmm. then elongates the so time he's, he's gonna, in community he's, college. He's going to have to suck it up and do the crappy hour drive and or stay just start with these people. The yeah, <laughs> and stay with these people and do work for them. That's the easiest. Bet. That's what I would do. That's All right, and I, I agree do. with you. All right, so if you want to contact the show, five by five TV slash contact, you can pick quit. From the list, make sure to check the box that lets me read it on the air, and I'll try to read more of these on the air. Thanks to the couple callers we had, and of course, thanks very much to Squarespace.com. Use the code Stooge8 for 10% off. They're really great service. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I am Dan Benjamin on Twitter, Dan on Alpha. Love to get your feedback. Love to get your emails. Need to get them. And uh, you can follow Hattie, too. She's Hattie Cook, Hattie Bird. Hattie Bird. H-A-D-D-I-E Bird on Twitter. Hattie on Alpha. Hyper tweets. And uh, what does that mean? <laughs> thanks for ruining the show. <laughs> well, thanks for being here. And, uh, you know, it's 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 important to me that you guys listen and write in. It really helps make the shows a lot more fun and a lot better when we have your input. So please consider sending us those uh, those contacts. And, of course, you want to keep the show going. You want, you want, I don't want to have to fire Hattie. So visit Squarespace and sign up for some stuff so we can keep paying our bills. Thanks for listening. See you next week.